Hey guys, welcome to the fifth episode of the Anything Pod, the podcast where we talk about anything. I'm your host Prat Kashyap. Let's get started. In today's episode, we are going to discuss the DC Fandom, the event from DC which rocked the world. And joining me is actor Steve Kassen and my bud Jacob Torres. Namaste and welcome to the Anything Pod and uh... I would like to welcome the associate producers of Zack Snyder's Justice League, Jacob and Steve. So, uh, welcome. I can see Steve, you're wear, you're sporting a cyborg T-shirt. That's right. Got him on our heart, and my God, man, <laughs> that looks so good. It's you know, nice shirt, Steve. Thanks, thanks. It's a uh, when I. I got this from a hot topic and oh that's the ba- yeah that's the Pattinson Batman. Yeah. So I I knew that I knew there was something special about Cyborg like even from the trailers and all that and I knew that I had to represent Ray and then from when you first saw him at Comic-Con and he ripped it open I heard Zack Snyder's go okay I know like that's the one guy we all have to represent and now look he's the one that's been most uh, truthful yeah. about with that and respect yeah yeah respect the man who wanted to get rid of Josh and those those three jokers out of the studio okay uh so the one and only Jacob who appeared on May 20th right yeah. yes I my goodness you you were there in history making man huh? that's incredible I know I never knew, knew I, I never knew I could ever meet you know Zack Snyder or Henry Cavill and Deborah on on Zoom or at at all because just that you know at least we know that you know a lot of good things happened during 2020, dude. Yeah, like this whole thing <laughs> like saving 2020. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's start this thing. Uh, so. First of all, Wonder Woman 1984. That's what started the panel, right? DC fandom. What an event, my God. Like, uh, it's been reported that more than 22 million people watched this over the period of 24 hours. So, how did you start watching? To uh, to me? Yeah, 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 Steve, yeah. To be, the, uh, be honest, I was actually, um, well, first, I, I'm an actor in uh, Toronto. Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and that day I had to go for an acting gig, so I was gone the whole day. Oh, so I was playing catching up, and when we went, then when I got back, when I got back home, it was like around eight o'clock or so. And then one of my buddies sent me a the link to uh, Zach's trailer, and then when I saw, it, I was like, oh my gosh! And then I started <laughs> catching up and seeing what was going on, and seeing little panels here and there. Uh, I think uh, to me. <clears throat> DC fandom, it's a, um, well, let's be honest, it's, it was a well done structured event, right? You have, exactly. You have your right questions, you have this, even with Zach's panels, like, he was just playing through the structure and everything. And when Fiona and Dexter came on, that's when you actually saw, like, the, um, that structure break away. You saw, like, the real, the realness of the love and everything as such. But everything other than that, like even from all the surprises and all this, even Rock's interview, 
uh, Rock's panel about Black Adams. Everything's all nice and structured and everything. It give you little hints and it, it was fine. So it's just going through the beats and everything. I think fandom, I think fandom's a great success in like making, uh, doing what all these online events should do. So I think, so big plus to DC, Warner Media, and all those guys. So well done. Uh, and I can't wait to see what they have for the 12th of September. Like that's going to be what surprises they have there, right? So, yes. Jacob, yeah. what's your view on, uh, what's your general view on the event, DC fandom? I'm, you know, watching DC fandom that, you know, did like all these panels, what's going to happen to the movies of the franchise or comic books, or any kind of merchandise that we're going to be looking forward, I feel like the DC fandom managed to to do better on a convention, a big star at conventions. I mean, San Diego Comic-Con felt like a letdown, like a real failure, because, I mean, I feel like that this wasn't well-constructed, or you couldn't even make something feel like Comic-Con, you know, eventful. And plus, you know, if you were in DC fandom when Jim Lee dude, that was like a successful gold mine. Like we want to feel like it's like the four to fans way. Like the four to fans who loved watching the DC movies, DC comics, or likes to want want to see their favorite celebrities coming in the franchise. I mean I mean I get the point that, you know, DC I mean the San Diego Comic Con was just a bad was a failure, but we had to admit Knowing that real life people and people who want to see the film franchise to come in the hype, that managed to bring a lot of hype in all together of DC instead of Daniel Comic Con. And also, I'm glad that Zack Snyder was in the DC fandom to you know promote his film up, and also at least he you know, spare us to give us you know if anybody missed out. The first time, at least they gave us, you know, a 24-hour event that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, fun fact, because uh, in India, um, it started at 10.30 p.m. in the night. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, my brother and I, we uh, we were determined to be awake the whole the whole show. And we bought our uh, small stove into our room and we had our noodles and uh, the coffee, some, you know, uh, some uh, Coke and... <laughs> We were like waiting and we were like very happy the whole time. And, uh, you know, um, best thing was, uh, I, I think so. It is like uh, what I would like to call it as an entertainment high. Yeah. You know, in my words, like because uh, the Snyder Cut trailer was like carrying me and then Batman trailer hit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that just took, uh, you know, to places. <laughs> So, uh, Steve, what's your, uh, you know, thoughts on Wonder Woman 1984? Yeah. Generally on the panel as well as the trailer. Uh, I think so. We lost Steve on uh, Anchor.
Oh. Hey, Stevie. Yep, Stevie's back. 84. Uh, I think that it's uh, it's going to be a fun, it's going to be an interesting side story of what like Patty and Gal want to do, I think. Because to me, um, and I believe Zach's initial intent was that he tells a story and he gets all these other filmmakers to do their stories, right? So now you get to see James tells his story with Aquaman. Same with David. Well, hopefully David with Suicide <laughs> with his haircut. But also David Samber with Shazam. Or like, have all these guys tell this. And this is Patty now telling her stories about Wonder Woman. And whether it connects or not, like, I, you know, now this whole thing of connectivity, uh, it's a good, it's a nice idea, but I think that it kind of hinders people about hinders filmmakers and creatives in telling stories because as you've seen with the MCU, even though it's been very successful, the thing is that you still have to play by Feige's rules and Feige's sandbox. But here, yep. here is that, no, you tell your stories. If you want to connect it, fine, but you don't have to. It's like comic books, right? That's the whole thing. You have all these characters. Supposedly, they are in the same world, but each of them each creative tells their own stories and you go from there. So now here's Patty with Wonder Woman 84. Yeah, the first one had to connect to give more relevancy as to who she is and everything as such. And also a nice gateway into revealing who is Diana. But now here's a story of just Diana telling, going on her own adventure. So I think when you look at that and we forget about this whole idea of connecting things, just by watching the film itself and see Diana go through her own adventure and also face a foe like Cheetah, Maxwell Lord and such, I think you might, you'll get a really entertaining movie. So that's my initial thoughts about it. That's cool. Jacob, what's your thoughts on uh, the Wonder Woman 1984 movie? Well, I think 19, well, Wonder Woman 84, when I saw first trailer, I felt like a little, you know, underwhelming because i mean i feel a little too goofy and too you know too fun but wonder woman the second trailer felt like very epic as we see that wonder woman 84 we know that max max was supposed is the one who gave diana her wish to meet steve trevor again and for cheetah we see that her reason why she hates wonder woman is because what she did because you know because she wants to be someone else and also for looking at Cheetah, it look, it's going to be more epic with her because we all know Cheetah is actually Wonder Woman's main enemy through the comic books and through the movies and series. Because, you know, we all want to see Cheetah versus Wonder Woman. And, and I feel like that the multiverse would be more interesting because, one, multiverse does exist in a way and timelines do exist. And also what I find that... Wonder Woman 84 is more like the the epic style of the 80s time, but without the goofiness, but, you know, the epic style tones and this epic movie tone is supposed to have the music mm-hmm. and everything supposed to be. You know, if Linda Carter what, had a movie her own, she'd be having, you know, like this kind of way, her style in the 80s times. And I feel like the Wonder Woman 84 was supposed to be the love letter 
what it would have been if Linda Carter had her film during the 80s. Awesome. And uh, uh, my thoughts on this movie is that, uh, you know, it is still connected to BBS, so that's great by me. And uh, uh, we get to see uh, Wonder Woman in a new avatar, like with her golden armor suit. And we got to see Cheetah, like a full reveal in this trailer. So that was very, you know, um, I felt very happy watching this. Even the panel, uh, the panelists, the actors were just like so uh, warm and friendly. So I I liked it very much. And uh, so, uh, Steve, do you play uh, any video games like uh, on console? I still have my PS2, man. I haven't upgraded yet. <laughs> so, okay. Me, I have PS3 at all. Yeah. Okay. PS2, PS3, PS4. There you go. Now we all get PS5. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, coming uh, to the game, the Gotham Knights game. So, uh, you like the trailer? Yeah, the trailer looks uh, looks pretty nice. Uh, but again, all these trailers look nice. So I think one uh, yeah. of I think the main thing is like about gameplay and you know it's like when when you grow up watching E3 and all these uh, all these announcements and everything like okay yeah all these all these trailers all these cutscenes they look cool but what's the gameplay like and what's what are you promising? So I think at the end uh, I think with, with the Gotham Knights, what's uh, a good reveal is like who who is in the game and who do you get to play but in the end it's all about how you play it right so yes i think that's another thing like let's let's hear about gameplay like this is going to be a fun time or maybe uh, just... yes yeah. <laughs> you watch the gameplay walkthrough of the game no no i haven't seen that yet yeah i think so it's pretty cool have you seen that jacob yeah i did i mean it's like okay remember the time when batman did in Arkham Knight where, you know, he switches partners to, to, you know, fight against the henchmen and fight against, you know, main boss, Harley and Joker in a way. Yes. It's like that in a way. Like, but, but you could do the stealthing, you know, the stealth, you know, stealth attacks. Yeah. yeah. And also you could characters at once. Mm-hmm. And uh, which is your favorite character, Steve, from the game? From Gotham Knights? Yeah. Uh, to be honest, uh, I'm not sure. I think uh, I think I'll just go with a uh, Nightwing. So I'm not the. Uh, I'm not really a. Uh, to be uh, to be honest with you, everyone here, I'm not really a a big fan of like the whole Bat family. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but like, I do like the characters. I do know the characters, but not really that much of a big fan. But if I were to pick someone, it would be uh, uh, it would have to be Nightwing because it, he kind of resembles more my favorite comic character, um, Daredevil. So in terms of like fighting styles and mechanics as such as that, so and his abilities and attributes, and also like many times, uh, you know, growing up reading, you know, Wizard magazine, they always like compare Nightwing and Daredevil instead of Daredevil and Batman, which is proper, but 
yeah, I think uh, Nightwing all, but to, uh, and to be honest, uh, Gotham Knights, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't really uh, interested in that. I'm more interested into, I was kind of like center focused of like uh, what, uh, what I wanted to see. But Suicide Squad, if we're going to touch on that, Suicide Squad, that game, that looks, seems pretty intriguing. Consider, yes. uh, considering the characters you have and it's four characters and you're going against a Superman, like, that's... I, I'm really interested, like, how how that works out. So Yeah, uh, uh, we'll, uh, we'll come back to that later. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Jacob, which is your favorite character? Definitely Nightwing. I mean, what I liked about Nightwing is that you now see that, you know, Batman has been, you know, putting Dick Grayson underneath his shadow and he's been, always been like the psychic. But seeing, you know, when Dick Grayson became Nightwing, it represents that he's no more of a, you know, no more of this psychic but his own hero and he's part of the police force. And also, is that Nightwing does not represent his, you know, Batman's shadow, but apparently he is his own, his own hero. He has just became, became like a leader to Teen Titans. Became a, became a new, a new identity, and also embraces of her own, his own, you know, life as, as a, you know, crime fighter, fighter since he was a kid, and also knowing about the time when he was a circus trainer. He knows that he has to grow up everything up, being part of circus, being Batman's sidekick, and he's no more, more of a child no more. He's now a man to become Nightwing, and he grew up in the dark with Batman the whole time. The reason he's Nightwing, and his mom, you know, calls him Robin. And uh, so, uh, what I felt from watching the trailer was like. I felt uh, the character of Red Hood uh, was pretty intriguing for me. So uh, I like the character of Red Hood. Uh, there's nothing much to add to that. Uh, I'm just saying this by watching the trailer. So let's wait for, uh, you know, uh, a deeper, uh, like another gameplay, like 30 minute gameplay or something. So we can get to know more about these characters. Uh, so Steve, you got you, you watched the Sandman panel? No, 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 I, I missed that one. Oh, Jacob, you watched? Yeah, it's interesting to see about the Sandman. Feels like the feels like a weird Twilight Zone way, but you know, more anesthetic with the you know going to the vaporous space. And knowing about the Sandman got delayed or on hold production for the Netflix series. I'm hoping that series will be great because we all want to see, you know, more Vertigo comics back then because since Vertigo comics is, you know, kind of gone, I just hope they make more, you know, Vertigo comics at the Netflix or HBO Max. Uh, you, you got to hear the Sandman audiobook? I do have the, the audiobooks. It's very interesting because it makes you think about... Well, it makes you think about, you know, DC's black label, but it's more like the ideal of, you know, you're in a, you know, a well-crafted series there. Steve. And the audio and the voices are, voice actors are cool in this one. Darkseid's in it, right? Ray Porter. He voices. Yep. yep. And, uh, uh, 
Steve, you got to hear the uh, the audiobook? I I purchased it. I've yet to yet to take a take the time to listen to the whole thing. <laughs> Same with me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm talking about the series uh, Sandman. It's going to be Netflix's uh, highest budget series. So uh, there's a lot of expectation from the fans, as you said, Jacob. Uh, you know, Vertigo now just DC. So we already have Lucifer, and now Sandman would be a pretty amazing addition to the you know Netflix DC universe, maybe. It's called Vertigo Comics. Yeah, but it's it's just DC, right? Uh, now, so. It's going to be fun. That's what I feel. And uh, talking about the Flash panel. So this is a pretty exciting one because we all know Ben Affleck is back as Batman. For this. Michael Keaton's back. And we have, uh, we might potentially have Jeffrey Dean Morgan as, uh, you know, what I, I want to call Bat Morgan as Thomas Wayne's Batman. I just wish uh, we get to see, uh, you know, uh, Lauren Cohen's Joker and her take on the role. You know, I feel like the HBO Max should do, you know, like a mini series two with Bat Morgan and, you know, different Joker way because you know, multiverse exists. But and it would connect to Snyderverse, dude. Yeah, uh, we just have to wait for the Flash movie to open up the multiverse. Uh, what do you think, Steve? I'm really uh, excited to see what they do, but I think the idea, I think that with Fla- this Flash movie, everything they've talked about, it gives you more information as to what the Flash does in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Because, as I've told many, I've told my peers, is that Okay, uh, supposedly in this movie, Flash is going to go use the speed force to go into all these different dimensions, all these different timelines, alternate timelines and whatnot. Okay, but it's not as if he does it out of the blue. Maybe he does. But he must have, but it gives you an idea. It's like, okay, if Barry Allen knows he can do this, well, he must have done it before, right? So how did he do it before? Well, maybe he did it in, you know, trying to save the league. So yeah. maybe or something like that. Uh, so as we saw in the trailer, you know, he's in that speed force, right? So if he was successful then, it's like, okay, maybe maybe I can use this, this ability of mine to actually go back, save my mom, even do this, or where can I go? So I think now that they've introduced the idea of multiverse in this in this in Flash's film, that tells you something about Zack's film. And I think and also I believe they're using elements of Grant Morrison's uh, story of when yeah. Ezra like wrote that script. So it's it's endless possibilities of what they can do. And It'll be interesting. I think it'll be more interesting to see also with Ezra, like what he can do. It's and it's we've already seen that it's a total departure from, well, 2017's uh, "What Shall Not Be Made." <laughs> so, um, so I think uh, and also Ezra with all 
I remember an interview with Ezra, him talking about the multiverses and also the timelines of DC. There's an interview of him talking about it. And he was really into that. And I think now with this, he gets a chance to explore it and everything and such. So I think uh, it's, it'll be interesting. It'll be fun. And also, Mushietti, if you haven't seen It Chapters 1 and 2, no matter what your feelings are about the movie, especially with number two, the ending of that movie, it becomes a huge like blockbuster uh, sequence. So that can tell you like what he can bring to this film. So if yes. you just look at that sequence alone, it's like, you know, like you'll bring it in terms of size and scope with, with the Flash. Well, not to mention about, you know, knowing about the sci-fi elements he did use for yeah. It Chapter 2. Where, yeah, exactly. You know, we see that Pennywise grow into a giant spider he is. And also how, you know, he would make great CGI effects mm -hmm. in the film. And uh, we can also expect some great things from Michael Keaton's Batman once again, I guess. Because, uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're going to go with the idea of, you know... Batman Beyond way because I'm pretty sure during the during the time I'm pretty sure he'd be in Batman Beyond, you know, Thank the Batman you. Beyond timeline. But yes. as we can see from the concept art, uh, we uh, they literally show us Keaton's Batman and Ezra's Flash with the new suit designed by our Bruce Wayne. So uh, I think so. The suit looks good on uh, you know Ezra. What do you think, Steve? I honestly like um, the one in Justice League because it's it's a total departure from everything else. And it's a total departure from comic, from the comics and everything. It's more uh, science-based and because it's NASA, uh, NASA technology, right? Yeah. To allow them to go into such high speeds. And I think also uh, there's one thing to be comic accurate but we have to understand with comics, you're you have suspension of disbelief, right? You you bend that reality because you yes. can do whatever you want, in a, in a sense. But if you want to translate it to, to film, you can either go one route and like be totally uh, in accordance with what's in the page, and forget about all these ideas and everything, or you can go in the way of like what Zach did and say, okay, let's really look, what would it be in our real world, right? Uh, like the best example is when he talked about uh, Aquaman talking underwater. Like, no, you, you can't talk. Water gets into your lungs and you gargle. So that's why you have the air bubbles. So you can talk, you can actually hear. It. So here with Flash using entire NASA tech and what he built on his own, I think that's more interesting as a design concept and, and it's more uh, it's it makes him different from every other flash right and that's the thing yeah. about like, when you talked about nightwing is that yeah you got to step out of the shadow here are characters stepping out of shadows even though it's their own but how do you how do you add independence to certain designs right now in the new flash suit it looks nice it looks sleek but it's it's like the comics so, yeah. so to me, like, if that's about great, but to me, I still prefer the NASA Shield one because because it is different. It's an it's an independent. Yeah. Sure. So, uh, Jacob, what's your thought? 
I think I like the both suits, you know, Ezra from the Justice League and the one. And, and I think the new suit looks dope, too. I think it looks cool. I mean, I'm pretty sure I kind of agree with you, Steve. What I liked about, you know, Ezra Miller's version, it's that it represents his independence, that he's been doing this for his own. I'm like, you know, sometimes you have the young ones get from their, you know, from the rich people, from the rich friends to give him suits. But yeah, I mean, pretty sure that it's, you know, as our version represents, he is on his own. Represents his design and reason why he made the suits for himself. And uh, we can all, uh, I think so, we can all agree on this point that uh, uh, that this movie, uh, you know, would be something special because it opens up the multiverse in the, you know, the set DC multiverse because that gives gives so much opportunity and, uh, you know, more amazing movies and TV shows to come in the future. Mm. And, uh, okay, uh, let's, uh, you know, uh, one more thing about the Flash movie. Uh, there are these rumors saying that uh, this movie is a farewell to Ben Affleck's Batman because, uh, you know, he might leave again after this. What What do you think, Steve, about that? You know, Ben is a, Ben is an artist. He's a director. He's a creator. He wants, he sure wants to do other things, right? Uh, as a, You know, it's nice and fun. You get to play Batman, but also... You want to do other things? I think so, he does. Only... All right, oh. If I was given a role to play, like, a certain couple of years, like, okay, um, I still want to do other things, right? So I'm sure with Ben, I think with every creator, they want to do other things, even like with Zach. It's like, okay, I've done my story. I want to do other things too. It's nice to play in this box, but I want to play in other boxes, right? That's that's being creative. If this is if this is Ben's last outing, like, so great. Like to me, I think what he and Zach did is the definitive version of Bruce Wayne, Batman. We've seen on screen. We've seen him at a starting point, have a character change, have a total character development. And him come back to the same character all in one movie, and it's yes. not even his movie. It's it's a Superman movie, and it's that's the thing there. And to me, if he were to do another one, I maybe he would do is the script he did with him against Deathstroke. Maybe that takes place before BBS or Man of Steel. Who knows? Because in BBS, uh, he says he's been doing it for twenty years. So what has he? been doing for 20 years right so they he can explore that but i think you know batman v superman to me if that's his only one and if this is just like a small supporting role that's enough because he's put in a lot and it's uh let's 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 be honest like what is it's it's about the care once you get past the character of bruce wayne like how many more stories can you tell right like that's like, see, the thing is, is that all these movies is that anyone can be Batman. It's about Bruce Wayne, right? It's about his trauma, his uh, his life, his experiences. And 
being Batman is like it's more about how does Bruce Wayne become Batman? It's that's the psyche of Batman. But how do you really look at Bruce Wayne once you get past all my parents died and the entire origin, right? And that's why I think they did it with Zach, where they made Bruce so filled with rage, maybe he became the villain in Batman v Superman. Like he's the actual villain of the movie, right? So now, but then there's redemption to it. And as such as that, so I'm really, I, th- I think that it's a bold story to say, and it's a bold statement to say, and I think they really nailed it. And if it's that only thing they get to say about Batman, that's, that's fine, because it's left such a huge impact already. And it's all about Ben of what he wants, right? So it's ultimately up to him, yes. Yeah, exactly. Jacob, uh, so what do you think about this rumor saying this will be Ben's exit? And I feel like this is this is kind of way to well, I, if I don't know if it is true, dude, but the truth is, is if it's Ben's last farewell, I'm pretty sure we all would support Ben his other films. And I also, and I don't know if I do trust the clickbaiters who keeps on, you know, saying the same thing. <laughs> saying that this is Ben's last farewell, but if, you know, HBO Max wants to give his, you know, his script to be, you know, well done, and he was there for Zack Snyder, then I think, you know, a lot of people should know that you do not understand how many things you've been wrong to Ben Affleck during the years, and also how much you've been, you know, have been saying that should have, would have, and could have. The only thing I would say is that what should have been is that you people, they should all should stop being a bunch of Marvel lovers instead of instead of people just say, oh, it should be fun, fun. I'm like this. The only thing it should have been is that you people shut up and go watch your Lego films instead of watching, you know, Saturday morning, you know, watching movies that you think they're all Saturday morning movies. I'm a Saturday cartoons. So uh, even I feel the same because uh, you know um, they uh, they brought in Ben uh, for a cameo interview in uh, you know Zach's panel and he looked happy he looked healthy yeah. and and you know uh, that gives me some hope that uh, ultimately again it's up to him but if he does come back that will be you know very very great because. Uh, uh, let, uh, let alone the Batman trailer, we uh, you know we fell in lo- love with Ben's Batman the moment we saw the first look of him mm-hmm. from BVS. So you know that was the most comic accurate Batman uh, in the entire you know, Batman history. So that feel you know that felt very very good. And uh, okay, uh, so let's get to the next topic that is the Suicide Squad. Uh, you got to watch that panel, Steve? The James Gunn's panel? That yeah. one, right? I I saw the, the making of, I saw the trailer. I didn't see the panel, but I really like what I, I really like it um, because this is where their idea of multiverse comes in because now you can, just like with comics, you know, they're doing exactly what the comics are doing. 
you can make, you can have all these different creative teams tell stories of the same characters, right? And I'm sure if we collect, if all of us who collect comics, well, how many different Spider-Man or Batman or Superman stories you have of different different volumes, right? We all. And everything like that. So, of comics and volumes, we all have yeah. different variations of comics and volumes. Yes, with, with the same characters, all from different creative teams, and that's the idea they're putting into this multiverse thing. So I can have James Gunn tell his Suicide Squad movie with these characters, and I can have David Ayer tell another one with these characters. It's seeing what what stories they say, and with this one, it looks it looks as if um, it's a very almost like a, a war action war movie. Uh, I, the way I looked at it was like well, this is like Tropic Thunder except with the, yes. the Suicide Squad uh, character. <laughs> so, Even I felt the same. I I felt it as uh, you know Tropic Thunder on some acid yeah. or something. So I the, think the, uh, the, you're gonna have. It's it's gonna be a really like fun movie into that style, and I think uh, it also uh, what do you call it? Uh, almost like the comedic version of uh, when the Watchmen went into Vietnam, you know, in that yeah. segment, right? Like you do have the comedian and Doctor Manhattan being in Vietnam. Okay, so what's now you have James Gunn's uh, Grindhouse uh, comedic. Uh, mind into this movie okay now you have these dc characters in a war film okay how does how does this work and uh, it looks I'm, I'm really excited to see it and uh, james has brought the og vibe into this movie yeah uh, yeah he went back into the comics and he has brought you know even the logo of the movie brings back it's been brought from the old comics so what do you think jacob uh for this, you know, roll call trailer and uh, uh, the BTS. What I liked about it is that I feel like I liked about the Harley Quinn, you know, color palettes is that she's not anymore with red and blue. She's more into her red, red and black color palettes. I mean, she feels like the, you know, comic book accurate of, you know, her solo comics instead of, you know, the New 52 style where she was, you know, wearing just a stripper clothes, but more of her work clothes she's wearing. And, and second off, and also knowing how King Shark is coming into that film, I mean, I think it looks cool. And also, I'm pretty, you know, glad that, you know, he didn't cast Poison Ivy for David Ayer's, you know, if they're going to make right. David's, you know, God City Sirens to be, you know, to be made. And I'm just glad he didn't, you know, didn't did that for, you know, to David, because we all know David want to make his Gotham City Sirens made, and he's respecting him. I mean, way better than what Jeff Johns did to, to Zeno, to, to David's got his you know film. And I'm pretty sure it's not gonna be Jeff Zeno, you know, tone or style he wanted to force up. Because uh, there won't be any compromise this time again. Not compromise from Jeff Johns, yeah. Yeah, or John Bird. As you said, the three jokers. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, now moving on uh, to the 
black adam panel we got to see concept art from boss logic of you know black adam the shazam wizard atom smasher the entire justice society of america so uh, how did you feel on that steve i'm more curious as to like when does this take place like where does it take place after uh, after justice league like 2017 justice league uh, uh because so it's, it's going to be uh, you know the justice society were like in the 70s or 80s right no before that but then so again I, we're, uh, we're we're going by like the chronology of whatever snyder set forth with man of steel right yeah like that's yeah. we have to look at the the cinematic Time, yeah right yes. so does this take place before man of steel like years ago yes yeah, yeah. after thing or it's before or, okay yeah that, i was more curious about like when does this take place so, like the justice society like all these characters come in and such i i think um i think what rock is doing on their side having this like mini world of him Shazam like the rest of the kids and yes. and it's it's very uh, it's more interesting like it's not not to say it's more interesting it's more like uh like he's he's forming his own mini world within this entire DCU right so this is more yeah. like rocks um uh rocks universe within this set universe which which again goes back into the comics so I really I I want to see um now that they're going to introduce Hawkman uh, and also Dr. Fate those two characters are more intriguing to see and also also the the mythology of what they're going to do with Shazam Black Adam the whole thing about magic now they're introducing magic fully into this universe so. yeah so Jacob how did you feel uh, you know seeing the concept art and Another I'm curious. Just curious how you know the film itself is going to be epic to its own tone, and it's supposed to be like this major series way of being, you know, taking place at ancient Egyptian and seeing that, you know, like how Hawkman and Doctor Fate is going to be the main characters to you know against you know Black Adam, and knowing that Black Adam is like some kind of like religious. figure he was during the times when Egypt and I'm wondering how is you know how is you know he's more heroic than you know than the wizard's story he is I mean I'm pretty sure the wizard did not cover everything about Black Adam at all I feel like he's just did like a dick move against him mm-hmm. about oh he was too evil and he was unstable but was there a reason he was a, you know a villain the first place or was it the or what was his reasons if you did not told the whole truth about black adam against Shazam well uh, yeah uh, as we all know as uh, Dwayne Johnson said uh, the hierarchy of power is going to change in the DC universe with the arrival of black adam so that's going to be you know uh, it's uh, i think so it's one of the epic ways to tell a story of an anti-hero uh in a way such that uh i think so it's it's set in a gray area uh, rather than him being considered uh, a full time hero or a full time villain as as per shazam but uh, we are in a place where he's both the hero and the villain 
Mm-hmm. So that's what I thought about that. And uh, uh, Steve, what what are your thoughts on the Titans season three, which is going to bring you know Red Hood into the mix? You know, the funny thing I can say about Titans is that uh, because it, it's shot in Toronto, I know so many uh, uh, crew and like stunt workers and everything that's that worked on Titans, but I've never seen the show, which is, which is really funny. They almost they kind of like film sometimes down the street from me, like what what's going on? So maybe I should catch up on that show. But bringing up from what I've seen and what I've been told, like on set, like it's a it's a lovely crew, a lovely people working on it. And you want to see, you always want to see good things happen to good people. So now bringing Red Hood and um, as I mentioned before, I'm not a big fan. I'm not, I won't say a big fan. I'm not into the more Bat family, but from what I've gathered, Red Hood is a very popular character. Jason is Jason Todd, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and now apparently John Boyega wants to be uh, Red Hood. So now bringing this character into Titans, it's a, uh, Again, like one of the more popular characters, it, it only helps uh, helps out the show more. And I know uh, they've worked on, they started working on some stunts, uh, some stunt work for it. They started prepping and everything and such. So because of COVID and everything, like how to get back. So they slowly get, so they're getting back into it. So, and Titans has been one of those, uh, from what I've gathered, one of the more like accepting shows of all fans from a uh, that's been out there like even say what you will about Batwoman or Supergirl or whatnot but Titan seems to be the one that like all fans like agree that this is a good show same with like uh, New Patrol right so yeah. so I can only expect some good things out of it bringing again bringing characters like Red Hood only adds more adds more to this this universe of Titans yeah Jacob, what do you feel? Because, you know, uh, season two ending was such a letdown uh, if you watch the show. And... Uh, oh, was it? Oh, in... Cupid's dude, Madonna Troy got killed by a dumb way. How exactly how can she die from a, a mortal way by being electrocuted by water? How did that even happen? But, Spoiler alert. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. It's just that it was not even... Season two wasn't worth it. Okay, I'll skip season two. Then. <laughs> and you know one thing, you know, I define Swamp Thing was just an interesting show to watch. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think Swamp Thing was just a series that no one, or I mean, that you know, somehow snakes of the DC did not appreciate or did not want to make more seasons because it's budget. But I'm like this: if season three of the Watt of Titans. A new, but a new budget for the movie series called Doom Patrol is supposed to get more higher budget than the DC Universe, and I think the DC Universe app should be gone for good because one, I feel like that if you kept on Jeff Johns' territory, he's just going to control the endings and reshoots this of all seasons. I mean, if you haven't not noticed, dude, remember in 2018 we we're supposed to have a more comic book accurate of Raven, but somehow that didn't show up the clip or any, you know, scenes that were supposed to come out. And also, I'm pretty sure season two, you had a Doom Patrol coming back to season two of Titans, but different ending and a different fighting setting. But what we got in season two on Titans was just the same thing what Jeff John did with Shazam. 
take place in a circus. Yeah, uh, he he reshot the whole thing, and as you know, it was a pretty big mess because, as you said, uh, Donna Troy died in such a horrific way, which is way too mortal for Donna Troy. How is that supposed to kill her? I mean, she's <laughs> didn't Zeus gave her billies not to die, and couldn't and, the god kill her? And we see her sister swinging from a lightning. <laughs> and you know uh, i think so uh, bringing in uh, red hood uh, i think so this will be uh, you know uh, this is going to take the show to a much higher level because of what happened in the season 2 as it went you know it's too too low so uh, i think so red hood is a pretty good addition to the series um, though there was robin and you know uh, but still him becoming red hood is a pretty cool thing and uh, and we also have to say uh, when we talk about titans we have to talk about jeff johns so just switching up a little bit so steve what do you think about the news and you know stuff going around jeff johns right now i think that um, it's a great example of that you have all these talented people and everyone does good work but you don't know who their character is right cuz everyone puts on a show for well you guys I, i may be putting on a show right now we all saw like when i mentioned about fandom like everything was structured right and you saw all these guys come in as a like, Hey guys, how's it going? I'm so happy for all of you coming on DC Fandom and I hope you guys enjoy the experience and also watch out come up for my new movies coming out blah 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 and the thing. I love you guys. Thank you so much and enjoy DC Fandom. Let's go to the next panel and blah, and you see all these things and even when you go to conventions and you meet them it's like oh great nice to meet you and everything like such. like the best example is william shatner everybody loves william shatner and when he goes to star trek conventions but he know but if you hear him on howard stern he knows how to play it up like he knows like he knows everyone's there to see him and all these conventions everyone's getting paid to be there and all such like you find you really find genuine people and half like it's a small small amount of people who are genuine that's why we all fought for Zack because Zack's a genuine person. He's yes. so genuine. That's why we're all standing for Ray because he's putting it out on the line, right? I'm I say this as an actor myself. I've been on set where I've seen I've seen things happen. I've seen, you know, abuse of power. I've seen directors treat people wrongly and especially to a lot of especially to a lot of female crew members. It's not it's not a secret. you know and you see things like that and the things like are you're afraid to speak out because word travels around right i know for me like word traveled around that i'm certain certain something and i'm like no 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 like that's not me at all and that's that's the that's the sad part about it and we've already seen like everyone going against ray is like oh he's difficult to work with you always hear the same phrases he's difficult to work with and uh, he's like he's a problem is it really a problem to tell the truth 
and you also have to see who who is involved in these circles. Some of the some of the biggest jerks are part of these strong circles and these gateways. And the thing is that they're involved because well, they do good work. That's one thing we have to admit. Maybe your favorite creator, your favorite writer, your favorite artist, they're really a jerk. And here with Jeff Johns, we can't deny the fact that he's written some really excellent stories. He's like, he brought Green Lantern back. With Jeff Johns, like all he's written all these stories, New 52 and everything, I said, like Aquaman. These are great stories, even the, the Dark Side War. And I know, like, you can tell, like, some elements from that are being used for these films, even with Shazam. And he's a talented writer, but it seems that he's also, he's also kind of a, you know, and when, um, when you get into that position of power, it's like it changes you, right? Not to say everyone, I can't say that it can't change me. We're all human. But, you know, it's like when you get into those spots, like I was the biggest fan of Joss. I still like his work. But you see from everyone who's been on set with him and all, all the revelations, like he's not, he's not really a nice guy <laughs> to some, per some people. He's only a nice guy to his friends because, well, you know, but to these other, to these other folks, he's not thing. So the thing about, and that's the thing about Jeff Johns. So not to go more into it, but it's, it's more like to us as fans, we got to like understand like, yeah, they may, they may have made some good work. They may have made stuff that really, that you like, but you don't know these people in the end. We're not friends, right? It's just, it's creator and fan. And that's where the distinction is. So that's how we go forward. Only, like I said, very rarely you get people like Zach and Ray. So yeah. rare. But uh, most of the time, it's like this. You know, uh, a pretty, uh, you know, uh, as you said, in this, uh, in a circle, it has happened to me also, mm -hmm. uh, but I can't say this yeah. right now on, uh, on this. I'll just I'll just text you later because uh, I'm not re I'm not yet ready to you know, mm -hmm. um, come out with that because uh, I'm not ready to speak up as of now. <laughs> uh, Jacob knows that support Ray. We have to really support Ray in this because yeah. he's putting his he said he doesn't care like what happens. Like, uh, he's totally fine. He said in the podcast is that I'm putting my career on the line. That's fine. That's fine with me. But it's up to us to really support him because, you know, as you know, like in this industry, saying the right thing it can get you, yeah. can get you into Yes. So, and it, it might end your career too. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So it's, yes. it's, it's scary. You have to, yes. And, you know, he, he also did an awesome work on the, third season of True Detective. Yeah. So, uh, you also have to acknowledge that. And and to people who say that Ray is difficult to work with or as you know, John Burke said, 
he was reluctant to say booya that is just so petty so what do you think jacob you know i'm pretty sure you all guys are right and the truth is we all been work they all we all been work to wonder brothers in the dc franchise they have been working with the three jokers that is exactly what jeff johns is right now he's a three joker because like knowing about your tweets and you experience with him and john berg dude i don't think they don't deserve any respect because the truth is knowing about there's a rumor or fact that jeff johns has been leaking out the scripts about zack's films and ben affleck's scripts i wouldn't be surprised if he was the you know the biggest you know you know see work up them all because the truth is he hasn't even defended anybody and he's been just like <laughs> giving everybody a stinky i can tell and you know what's interesting dude is that he was dreading of somebody's career and if he tells anybody about this he's going to ruin somebody's career but look at this right now he ruined you know three careers in one tweet yeah three careers in one tweet by saying about Josh has been rude to me and he's been kind of telling me what to do and been ra- saying racist shit on me. As for Jeff Johns, uh the that little moron does not know what you have done. If you were a real writer, you should realize you need to respect people's priorities, not to see not to get away with anything. And for and Josh Whedon and John Berg they don't deserve any respect as a as you are think you're great producers or movie makers the reality you were just mean against Zack and you just were not even respectful on what job you had and for John Berg dude John Berg needs to shut up because you did not do anything and you did not respect it about diversity as for Kevin Tushihara dude He shouldn't deserve any respect and I'm pretty sure he would make the cringe worthy, you know, graduation speech back then. Cuz why would you, you know, cut the film of Justice League for 2 hours under at cringe worthy movie? And why would you, you know, pay a woman to have sex with you to get her movie roles? I mean, to the four jokers we got back in 2019, dude, they all should know that you underneath tw- you know one or media management your career should have been you know you should have be careful with your careers and your choices and respecting people because the truth is you don't know what you've done and you're going to get what you deserve because the truth is a comedic joker such as Jeff John Berg Kevin and Josh Whedon are they are you know the comedian it jokers not a real you know joker that has him his own motivation you know to destroy you guys okay uh moving on from you know the topic of jeff jones let's get back to the sequel of uh, the highest grossing dc movie uh the aquaman so aquaman 2 is happening around december 2022 and we are going to see ocean master back again and uh, hopefully we are going to have a new take again on the character of aquaman what do you think steve i liked uh, everything that they put into aquaman and 
I think I think the main thing is that you know it showed that this whole idea can work, right? Because that was the running joke is like, how are you going to make this work? Aquaman, right? What are you going to do? You're going to have the entire sequence on the water and everything as such. But no, you had James Wan came in and like, he made, you got a great star in Jason and you got such a, you got such a rich world that we know, we know as comic book readers and lovers, like this can work, right? You just needed the confidence and you just needed that you just need to show that, okay, this can work on screen, on film. And if you look at some movies, like say Avatar or what James Cameron did, it's like these like fantasy imaginary worlds can work. Audience will come. The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings. So and these are all big grossing movies. And the proof is that with Aquaman, billion dollar French, billion dollar movie. So it works. So now, now that it has worked, that gives more confidence into saying, "Okay, James, let's let's do it, right? You know, let's uh, let's ex- explore more. Let's see what he can do. Let's see more of this world." And because audiences are there, I think that's the main thing: is that Aquaman has hooked hooked everyone into loving it. So now, once you hook them, then you can you can tell more stories. Then you can do whatever, yeah. you can, right? So. Whatever James Hello? Yeah. I hope James goes back into his horror roots and adds more more sequences like the trench or like goes really into the deep of the ocean and you see more creatures and more more elements as that and really now that Arthur is king. So he gets, he can, we can see what more Atlantis is there and what's really underneath the earth, right? So, so I'm really excited of the potential of Aquaman 2. You can't, because Aquaman 1 has already set the bar into that yeah. franchise. I mean, you had an entire Atlantis Civil War at the end. That was pure Lord of the Rings, right? That in, yeah. Nobody talks enough about that ending battle sequence. Like, my gosh, he, James put everything into it. As Zach said, you shoot all your bullets, and James did. You, you put it all into this movie. There's so yeah. much in this movie. How much? What? Okay, what is he gonna do to top this movie? So, I'm really excited about that aspect of it. Yes, there's a certain level of high expectations right now. Yeah, as yes. that uh, Aquaman one has set the bar uh, for DC movies. So, what? What's your thoughts, Jacob? What I hope is that, you know, seeing that Aquaman managed to do well in the box office, I hope, you know, Aquaman 2 managed to have, like, a bit more serious tones with a little less of humor and maybe a better story writer who doesn't, didn't do anything really bad, but replace a good writer who could, you know, give, like, a great serious tone, a great way of, you know, humor should be blended well. And also for Aquaman too, yeah, I hope it has that, you know, we go beyond somewhere else that does not involve, you know, does not involve the first layer, but deeper, deeper layer, we now see that he has met the Kraken, but we haven't met Giant Squid, the, the, 
the center of the earth or anywhere that's, you know, where the ocean land is at, where the ocean world's at. Yeah, uh, yeah Steve said, uh, you know, as the bar is pretty high uh, from the first movie, so uh, it's going to be fun and exciting, you know, to be waiting for this certain movie to see what James will do with the characters again. So, uh, Shazam 2 panel was, you know, pretty small yet funny and a quirky one, uh, including some uh, commercials from Flow Supplies <laughs> coming there. So, what do you think on that, Jacob? Yeah, I'm lit. I'm not very excited as Shazam 2, but I'm just going to see how it's going to play out. Okay, uh, so Steve, what do you think? Uh, I missed the Shazam 2 panel, but yeah, I'm with Jacob too. I'm not really uh, not really excited about it, but I'm sure that I'm sure it'll be a good movie because uh, David Sandberg, he, he's a really talented filmmaker. And uh, I I still believe that uh, this movie won't have meddling as it did, uh, you know, for the previous movie. So I think so. We can expect some. Great stuff, yeah. and uh, you know there there are rumors that you know Henry might do a cameo, and even The Rock doing a cameo in the movie. Well, definitely The Rock because that's that's his little playground, right? Yeah. Not to mention is that The Rock wants to kill Shazam. Yeah, mm. and uh, you know it'll be awesome you know, to see. Uh, as you might have seen the animated uh, you know sequence where. Uh, both Billy and Superman fight, you know, Billy keeps on screaming Shazam, Shazam, and once Superman, you know, t- takes him up so high and, you know, beats the hell out of him. That would be a funny funny moment to watch uh, in this movie if Henry does appear in the movie. And uh, coming back to games, once again, uh, the game Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. That trailer was, you know, pretty dope and badass. Seeing, uh, you know, uh, we, uh, it's like, <laughs> uh, how do I say this? It's like the boys. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, the Justice League have, uh, no, you know, they've gone rogue. And uh, we have the Suicide Squad, who are the rogue ones. And uh, we have to kill the Justice League. So what do you think, Steve? I've only seen the trailer. There's no gameplay or anything. As, uh, no, uh, no, there's no gameplay. Okay. There's just yeah. The so I think uh, I think the the potential is there with this idea, and is Rocksteady that's making the game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so the potential is there for a really good game. I like the characters that they chose for it. The the four squad members are, and uh, it's really interesting adding a uh, Captain Boomerang. I don't know what he's really going to bring. I thought maybe, you know, so, but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I think what's more intriguing is, like, them ultimately facing Superman. Like, what what are the mechanics about this? So, I think for me with that, like, when I see some gameplay, like, when I understand more about the gameplay of it, like, then it'll be much, much better. Yeah. Jacob, what do you feel on the trailer for Suicide I mean- Squad? Seeing that Suicide Squad trailer reminds you like how, you know, how exactly how would, you know, a comedic and a com- an action-packed film would be like if we had, you know, a set of villains that had their own tones 
One's supposed to be serious, one's the silly one, one's just the late punk ass lazy one, and just one's just does what he does or follow the order of Amanda Waller not to kill them. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think it'll be a fun, fun game to play uh, when it comes on the PS5. And uh, uh, now moving to the second main, you know, topic of the episode, the Batman, you know, Robert Pattinson and Matt Reeves Batman. So, what are your initial thoughts from you know the set photos, the first look, and the teaser? Steve. Knowing about that Robert Patterson's going to be Batman but it's going to be taking place at year one and knowing about this makes you think about you know, and knowing about Matt Reeves you know wants to see Zack Snyder's film and Zack wants to see Ben you know Reeves version I'm like this you know the anger of mine what happened to 2019 just let go I mean I'm just not angry with him anymore and seeing, you know, the Batman felt so like, like if, you know, you wish that the Joker film was connected to the film called, you know, the the Batman film. Because, you know, the serious tone and the way how their reason of the political way how they see cops are becoming. I mean, it's like Bruce Wayne's becoming, oh, sees that the cops are just useless now. They all became a bunch of, they, all these, you know. People, these police are just making every and looking like a, you know, like how people steal your inventions, like Thomas Edison does. Versus Bruce is the last brave man standing by pushing the, you know, getting the kid out of the way, and the last one seeing that the person is gonna kill himself by the bomb. Makes you think about its own. It is its own quality, dark verse way. Uh, what are your thoughts, Steve? I think I'm. What I was more uh, shocked about was how much they've already filmed already, prior to yeah. production, like stopping because of COVID. Like that's that's a that's a lot of content they filmed, right? Yeah, yeah, they've so, filmed twenty five to thirty percent. Yes. Yeah, so I, I that was really surprising for me. Yeah, and I like. Um, I like what they're doing with it as a more like hardened detective story, which, which really, let's be honest, we haven't seen that on screen with Batman, the yeah. whole detective aspect of him. He's done little stuff, but it's not a full detective story, right? It's always about he's, he uses those investigative skills, but it's not something like this. So looking, and if you seen Matt Reeves movies especially the two apes movies like you know that Matt Reeves he, he is a very good filmmaker so and it seems like all the talent is is really in it and sometimes you know out of bad circumstances you get good things right like say yeah. if Superman Returns wasn't that much of a failure you know, if Superman Returns was a success we probably would not get Man of Steel, right? Yes. So, but now since that Superman Returns was didn't do well at the box office, the the positive out of out of that was that we have Man of Steel, <clears throat> and seeing that, unfortunately, like Ben didn't get to make his Batman film and everything as such, 
okay, well, now you have this version, right? You have the Batman. And who knows, this may be a really good detective Batman trilogy. Who knows what it might be? So out of bad circumstances, you get good, you may get good things. And this is like a positive. And this also opens, uh, opens the idea of multiverse, multiverse of, from, a, from a selling point of view, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah. going back to our comic books, I can have many volumes of the same character. And not have it. Hello? Hello? Okay, Steve is here. Uh, Jacob? Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, I think so. Anchor has set a time limit. I think so. I don't know that. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, as you were saying, Steve. Uh, I think that now with Matt Reeves' Batman, and if Ben gets to make another Batman film, or either on HBO Max, like it opens up that this multiverse branding idea, in that not it doesn't have to connect. You can have all these filmmakers tell their own stories. So. Pride, if you can, you have a Red Hood idea, you can make it. Jacob, if you have a Red Hood idea, you can make it as well. Let's see what you two guys have. Maybe you two guys have different ideas of the same character. We, I, can, I can see that. Like, I can see it as a fan. I can see it as a movie goer. Okay. Oh, Pride's uh, thing has some interesting things to say. Oh, Jacob's Red Hood movie also has a different thing to say. Okay. But at least this gives the option of having you two guys tell your Red Hood story. So same thing here. So now, so this is so, now you have Joker, now you have the Batman, and now you have the entire DCU, DCEU line. So this uh, sets in motion the fact that, okay, we're telling all these different stories. So I think it's a positive thing too, especially if you're a creator. Yeah, and uh, there's this, you know, this news that, uh... Uh, as we can see in the trailer, uh... can't hear you.
you connect more because you want because we all understand, right? But even if you do not understand, even if you do not weren't there in the entire journey, can't you feel something when you just watch the trailer and also listen to the music? Right? This is almost like a mini uh, it's almost like a mini journey, a mini movie of of this film. And it's very poetic, it's very it's epic, it's cathartic, right? It gives up all these like beautiful emotions and it gives also the sense that you with a director vision and we've seen it with like online fan edits you can take the same material but we can change it because you have a vision for it right yes also shows this is a completely different movie like what exactly. happened in 27 i i doubt there is even 15 minutes as fabian said at justin caught yeah yeah uh, from what i uh, 92% was different yeah i i mean, i'd even go to say 98% like you <laughs> i mean there's certain shots that just reach reshot right yes. like when uh, the camera comes down on cyborg when he's looking up through the window that's a reshoot of the same angle it's like why don't you use this <laughs> the same and also the iconic shot of ben on the uh, the grim reaper statue of the gargoyle yeah well there's a flap and it's like you reshot this angle like why like what's the oh yeah now about the cornfield scene it's like you entirely reshot that scene for cgi mustache stuff instead of you know real cinema and you know one thing is that for those clowns you know reshot the film up you really don't understand how much you reshot for everything and you you know, gave us most boring ass characters we got that were not supposed to be meant for the film, but just Josh Whedon's Buffy vampire shit he did. So if you think about this, what we saw in 2017 is the way of it. Okay, hello? Oh, one yeah. second. Is a remake, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah. it a remake, and what we're seeing now is the original. Usually, it's yes. the other way around. We see the original, and we see the remake version after. So, so in this weird circumstance, it's a victory, right? Mm-hmm. But there's still more battles to fight because now you see people coming against Zach and saying, "Oh, Zach got his way." And this shouldn't have happened and everything. No, this happened because of the right reasons. And we should still, as we, as I mentioned, we support uh, supporting Ray with his fight. We have to do the same for Zach now because there's another battle going on of why this is, why this is even happening. Yes. But this happened because it's, it was for the right reasons, right? And when this comes out, when this comes out, it's gonna, Zach said, you haven't seen anything, right? We only seen the tip. You don't know what the yeah. entire iceberg is. And every time Zach goes online, it's nuclear, it's atomic, and then when this comes out next year, it's going to scorch the entire universe. And exactly. you, and everyone's going to ask, guys, you had this three or four years ago. Why did you change it? You could have made so much money. You lost so much money. 
that shame on you shame on you this is what you guys did is bad business here's an example of what not to do and uh, steve and what is your uh, move what is your preferred way of watching the snyder cut uh, as episodes or as the complete movie i will say whatever zack wants but for me personally being a movie being in his industry and all that i would love to see it in the theater as a complete movie on yes. imax that's what i would love to see and i think uh when zack said about the aspect ratio he he chose it because when he saw bvs on the giant um, imax science screens right mm-hmm. he was blown away by it it's like okay wow like this is incredible and so i would love i would love to see them do a theatrical run and i would love to see it on imax and see how big this movie is that's that's the way you that's the way you got to see these movies right yes what what do you think jacob how do you want to see this snyder cut movie well well for zack i would mind about the film to be in the way he wanted it to be for hbo max i don't mind but yeah the same i would love to see in a, a major imax theater because one it looks so quality as hell it is. In second all, it feels like there are so much ratios that we did not see the film. And I can't imagine there's a lot of spaces we didn't watch the whole box and it feels like and I feel like the entire 4K should go with this kind of way. Yeah. It should go ultra HD, man. Yeah. So uh even I feel the same um as Steve said uh we should watch however Zack wants as like as in four episodes or you know after those four episodes are released as a complete movie we can watch that as an option also but uh, i still feel uh, as steve said we have to have a theatrical run in an imax theater so that you know we can watch the heck out of this movie and you know uh, that will be the best possible way and as jacob said uh, it would be awesome you know to have a 4k steel book or something like that and uh, uh as uh, i think so uh, jacob you have your hbo max subscription right yeah uh, do yeah. you have one it's not available here in canada yet oh, we have okay. a, we have a subscription service with a provider that carries hbo content so i don't know maybe they may carry over uh Zack Snyder's Justice League uh, do that yeah. service so okay uh it would be a funny thing over uh, here in India because all HBO content comes through Disney Plus for us oh really <laughs> so uh it would be you know uh the most ironic way possible to watch uh Zack Snyder on Disney Plus <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> so i i i use my sister's HBO Max so so i'll be watching on hbo max so no worries on that and uh, so what did you like the most about the teaser everything man Re- the return of si- of superman and ben affleck's speech yeah yeah it's like it's like damn we got the r- real version of superman and ben affleck you know lines that were supposed to be great instead of this oh this bullshit he did it for Josh Whedon 
And it's like, why the hell did you did all of these instead of making the film to be great? And if they wanted to have these, you know, these Marvel movie, you know, money, sorry, but the truth is, Marvel isn't DC. It's different. And this is an H. And this is not T. This is HBO, man. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the funny thing, uh, what I took away from the Snyder Cut panel was that, uh, uh, you know, uh, just as uh, Steve was telling back then, uh, you know, Ray spoke about Joss being a good man on set and how he took care of Zach's work. You know, the PR stuff. And just as soon as this panel was over, uh, the host was like, oh, Zack Snyder, man, Zack Snyder. Like, all these PR statements have just turned over. And now we have, uh, you know, the opposite of what was in 2017. That was, you know, <laughs> when, I, when, I just, when I watched that, the guy saying, you know, Snyder, Zack Snyder, man, Zack Snyder. I was like, damn, dude, you just did a 180 from 2017. Yeah. And uh, we, we all saw Fiona and Dexter speaking with Zack. That was, you know, uh, very, uh, you know, one thing was, uh, it was so good to see Fiona and Dexter speaking to Zack. What do you think, Jacob? I think it's an amazing opportunity man should get to talk to Zack Snyder in real life in as a way that they both managed to see to talk about their films instead of, you know, having the people who just trashed the film earlier. I mean, you would rather have real fans instead of, you know, the blue check marks who just bunch of wannabes. And uh, uh, what are your final thoughts on the DC fandom, Steve? As I said earlier, it's uh, very well structured, so they do a good job in that. Again, this is a this is a corporate run event, so we have to understand that. So as a run event, they did it really good. So this is a it was as I said, everything was laid out. So this is a good it's a good example of what to do. So I, I would say thumbs up on that. Uh, what are expectations for the September 12th event? Uh, just because these, because this day was to give their big, uh, maybe their big uh, IPs that we know about, right? So maybe September 12th, it could be stuff that are rumored uh, IPs or even stuff that we don't know or stuff in development or uh, and those other things. So I think what it did is right, separate the two days and have this one be all the stuff that's coming out and then September 12th, here's stuff there that we're trying to make. What are your final thoughts on the uh, DC fandom and uh, what are your expectations for the September 12th event, Jacob? What I hope is that they manage to tell the truth about the rumors about Ben Affleck is coming back to not only to for the Flash movie, but his, you know, HBO Max movie or series. And also for Justice League 2 might come out soon after since, you know, the success rates and the success, you know, views we got it. 
I hope they managed to give out, you know, what Zack wanted for his universe and his films to be. And I hope they managed to see that, you know, not only the Snyder fans, but us, you know, Superman fans want a Henry Cavell Superman film to come out. And I hope they managed to, you know, re- give David Ayer's, you know, error cut to be released and make his Gotham City Sirens to be made. And also make the Cyborg film. I mean, I hope the DC fandom does that, you know. Since they said one at a time, I hope they take their time to do once in duties for, you know, for a good potential road. I just hope the DC fandom does this every year instead of instead of going to San Diego Comic-Con, dude. Yeah. I hope they keep... And don't get me wrong, they should, they should divorce, you know, San Diego Comic-Con. Mm. I think, as you said, Jacob, uh, even I felt... Uh... The fandom was way more better than uh, the San Diego Comic Con as the usual, and uh, I just uh, I just wanted to pray to God that we get to see uh, the original plan for the DCEU, so that we get to see Cyborg and we get to see uh, our own Green Lantern and uh, you know Ben Affleck's Batman. Uh, we are already getting the Flash, and as Jacob said, uh, a standalone sequel to Man of Steel. Even though you no, know, BBS is a sequel to Man of Steel, like something like Man of Steel Two. Mm. So that will be, you know, uh, that will be what I'll be praying to God. You no, know, I used to pray daily that somehow get the Snyder Cut released, and now here we are. So it's time to move on to the next prayer. Mm. It takes time, but it happens. Yeah, I hope that DC fandom keeps on doing this great work that they've done. And uh, especially, uh, we have to thank Jim Lee for uh, you know making this event and uh, making the entire multiverse possible uh, through what he did on Crisis on the Infinite Earths. And uh, we we should always be thankful to Jim Lee and uh, you know Warner Max executives and uh, Jason guy from... yeah Jason Keeler and uh, even Anne Sarnoff and you know uh, Toby in some of the other way and uh, I I'd like to thank the both of you for uh, coming on the show taking your time and discussing the DC fandom with me. And I hope you have a good day. Uh, Thank you so much for coming. Bye-bye. Thanks.